Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Happy holidays, everyone. Welcome to the Bibliotech Christmas Party. Let me take that umbrella. It's time to step inside from the rain and join the fun. Now, they might look like a strange bunch of creatures, but honestly, they're quite nice. Just throw your coat in this cupboard. Don't mind the forest spirits sleeping on top of them. So, the Tanuki are here. They've got a strangely haunting parade to put on, but as long as the cats give them time on the dance floor, it'll all be all right. And if you fancy a slow dance instead, you can join Anna and Marnie, who are having a totally platonic boogie. Over at the buffet, Ponyo has been hitting the good stuff already and is dancing in a punch bowl full of ramen, whilst No Face has the waiters running off their feet. Look outside, in the smoking area, there's Porco Rosso, and standing next to him is a grumpy old man who keeps telling him he's about to retire. Have you got your drinks token? Head to the Hotel Adriano Bar. Gina will help you out, and if you have too many, don't worry, there's a cat bus rank outside to take you home. For now though, just enjoy the Bibliotheque Christmas Party. Hello, and welcome to the Bibliotheque, the podcast that dashes through the snow with the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. I'm Michael Leader. And I'm Steph Watts, and we've seen a lot of them. And I'm Jake Cunningham, and I'm laughing all the way. Merry Christmas, Steph. Merry Christmas, Jake. Merry Christmas, Michael. And Merry Christmas, listeners. Welcome to the Ghibliotech Christmas Party, the third annual Christmas special of the podcast. Yeah, it's my favourite time of the year. <laughs> And uh, this this is a pretty spectacular party we've put on. There's there's lots to get through. Um, we we won't reveal all, but uh, we've got some got some special guests. We've got some perhaps more high concept stuff than we've ever done before. But uh, like like any good office Christmas party, we have to we have to get the boring stuff out of the way, and that's that's the speeches. So I think, as we often do in December, should should we have a look back on the year because despite us being locked inside and doing our series from our respective bedrooms, we've actually managed to put out quite a lot of different things, perhaps more than we've ever done before. Yeah, it's quite astonishing when you look back what we have done. We, Of course, we put out the Japan podcast series. Um, we went in November, but then the episodes came out in, in at the beginning of this year where we had our visits to Studio Ponoc, to the Ghibli Museum, plus all sorts of nice bits and pieces like talking with Paul Williams, the animator who lives out there in Tokyo. Um, and then that just kicked off a year that saw us tackling Ghibli and non-Ghibli things. Yeah, I mean, one of the the big cultural touchstones of my year was uh, playing... 160 hours of the legend of zelda breath of the wild and i mean it wasn't exactly a hard challenge to convince michael to dedicate an episode of the podcast to that but i think steph and i managed to convert him to that and 
that that was that was lovely and perhaps got me thinking about what what other stuff we might be able to do maybe the entire zelda g- gameography what's, what's what is the, uh, the the video video game library there are very m- m- many various ways of referring to that the library i suppose but people call it like the softography because it's software oh. um but yeah let's just say the the whole epic series the franchise of zelda maybe i must say before we move on to the rest of the year have you two played any other games since you, or, or Zelda it. You just played Zelda and you're out. Um, well, Louis, my partner, totally took control of the Switch and has been just loving The Witcher 3 to the point where she's played uh, over 200 hours of that now. And so any time that I might try and squeeze some Switch time in, generally that it's already been taken by The Witcher and Louis. Um but in, in the interim, I have played some other stuff. Uh, so I enjoyed a brief stint in the North American woods with Firewatch. And for the first time, I'm playing the Mario games. So I, I started with Mario Odyssey because that was the one available on the Switch, um, which I absolutely loved and spent many, many, far too many hours collecting as many moons as possible. Uh, and then... Later in the year, Nintendo announced a, a kind of back catalogue re-release of Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy, all games that I've never played. And so I'm going to be kicking off a retrospective playthrough of all these pretty legendary games. Yeah, I did a mix of uh, obviously Zelda, the big long game. I did um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is another 100 hour plus journey which is kind of like a battle tactics game but you get to match up all of your players as uh into relationships at the end so that was good like battling with a romantic twist um but then i also had time to play a few indie games i did um like you jake firewatch Uh, i played this lovely game called a short hike which is like an hour or two of just flying around an island as a bird which is really really lovely um and what else did I play? I played a really good game called Sayonara Wild Hearts, which is like a rhythm music game where you just kind of drive around um, picking up little hearts to the beat of like some really good music. Um, and I'm playing Hades at the moment, which I know is making a lot of people angry uh, and it's great and I can't get enough of it. Hades is by far my game of the year and the game that I've sunk most hours into and I, it looks like it's going to be the the game of the year for many people as well. It's an indie hopeful that's captured people's time and energies <laughs> for what is essentially a roguelike, this game where the actual core game is quite short, but you're just meant to try over and over again. And it's hard as nails, but gets easier as you learn its mechanics and maybe unlock some um various abilities and weapons and things but also so well written and the music is great and the world around it of the underworld and the various characters the various hot characters within it um really pushes it beyond the you know, beyond what is actually a really good genre for games from the last few years anyway so that's my strong recommendation you'll end up spending yeah, you have to maybe spend 30 hours before you can even say you've scratched the surface of being good at the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll be kicking off the Hades podcast early next year. <laughs> Absolutely. That will be three hours per episode, probably. <laughs> but thinking back to that Zelda special, that's how we kicked off our remote lockdown special recordings of course those early months of lockdown were made a bit easier by that slow trickling out of ghibli films on netflix which has really revolutionized for me my relationship with the films of course i've got most of them on multiple formats and have leveled up from dvd to blu-ray while we've been doing the podcast but having them on a streaming service at your fingertips just makes it so easy to just dive in um my toddler ivo who is about as old as this podcast um, he's now two and a bit. Um, we're trying to get him into Totoro, and he's really into cats and trains. So 
there's a studio for him <laughs> called Studio <laughs> Ghibli. And uh, so don't worry, we've shown him Whisper of the Hearts. <laughs> well, it was so great to watch those films on Netflix with everyone when we did our Twitter watch along parties. Mm-hmm. We watched Totoro together. We watched Kiki's Delivery Service together. And I feel like we got a lot of a lot of lovely messages from people who have been discovering all of the the kind of Ghibli back catalogue online in such an easy way to watch all of them. So yeah, it's been really good good for that this year. And keeping within Ghibli, because I know we did we did branch out. Um but before we did, we had a, a lovely special with Ed Gamble from the Off Menu podcast where we got to dive into our ideal Ghibli menu. And I mean just being able to spend an hour solely focused on ghibli food was a bit of a bit of a dream for me for this podcast uh considering how much time i spent talking to you guys about that when we were in tokyo um and uh how much of that podcast got spent on food now we got to do it all again um but crafting the ideal menu from all of the wonderful treats that are in these films was was a, was a hard task uh but one that i i relished and we also got some bonus metal chat as well. <laughs> of course we did. I forgot that. I so rarely get to indulge in that side of my personality on, on the podcast. <laughs> and um, something that our listeners wouldn't have encountered, or maybe only a select few would have encountered, Michael, is just before we all had to spend all of our time inside our homes, we actually did a live show. We did, didn't we? This like literally the weekend before everything shut down. It was my last for month, many months, my last journey outside of the house, um, where we did our A to Z of of Ghibli. Yeah, this was at, at the Moth Club in Hackney, and uh, a, a great turnout considering the circumstances of that weekend. <laughs> um, but. It was it was such a joy, and it, it was a, a shame that we only got to do it once because I know we had we had plans of of taking this whole original show that is uh, not just a, a live podcast but a whole new thing in itself uh, around to other venues. Um, but hopefully, once once it's safe to do so, we'll be able to resurrect that. Yeah, l- luckily Ghibli's for life, not just for twenty twenty. <laughs> so we'll be able to take that show out next year or beyond. But one thing that we did use to our advantage during lockdown was the ability to reach out to fans of Ghibli. And we had this Whispers from the Heart interview miniseries where we were able to welcome guests onto the show to nerd out with us, geek out with us about how Ghibli influenced them or their relationship with the studio. That was so fun for me. I'm sure it was fun for you too as well. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, getting to talk to... Rebecca Sugar, creator of one of my favourite kind of recent cartoon shows. Amazing. So good. Well, I I think that we got such a nice reaction to those episodes as well. Uh, Heading into 2021, I think another season of that would be certainly something we'd like to do. Uh, And as long as we can pick out some guests who like Studio Ghibli, there can't be many of those out there. (laughs) I suppose we should mention now that... Christmas is here that if you listened to and enjoyed that miniseries, Wolf Walkers is now on Apple TV+. Plus. We spoke with Tom Moore and Ross Stewart, the co-directors of that film, and also Soul is making its way to Disney+. Plus. Uh, we spoke to Mike Jones, the co-writer of that. So you, you can go and delve into their work after hearing them speak about it. And... Um keeping on the Ghibli train for one more thing before we mention our total diversion that we made in the summer uh we did appear briefly for a few minutes on your telly boxes uh, we were lucky enough to make a, an intro to Mary and the Witch's Flower before it played on film four here in the UK and so that's just a kind of a five-minute condensed version of the podcast uh, getting into Mary and the Witch's Flower, Studio Ponoc, and their studio origin. And if, if you did miss that, uh, you can head to our Twitter where we've got the video up in full if you want to catch up on that. That was really good. And long-time listeners of the podcast will know that Film 4 has been 
there in the Ghibli Attack story from the very beginning. We launched when they did the full Ghibli retrospective back in 2018. Um, so actually appearing on Film 4, at least in voice form, feels like full circle for us. Um, and we did do a whole series not about Studio Ghibli. That was maybe our biggest, uh, boldest decision yet, Michael, and you you traumatised me forever by uh, making me watch the films of Satoshi Kon. I'd like to think tra- traumatised there is a very strong word, Jake. I'd like to think changed your life <laughs> in many ways. Um, yes, I, I, that was something that felt quite radical for us to move outside of Ghibli. It was something we'd spoken about for a long time. We tried to find the right filmmakers or film studio. But then in the recording and then knowing the timing would be to go through this retrospective of his work, then to mark the 10th anniversary of his death felt so appropriate. And it also gave us the great opportunity to welcome Steph onto the microphone. um, Finally, after being our producer, uh, shouting at us from the recording booth (laughs) for so many years. Now I get to shout at you inside the booth. Um, (laughs) No, that was such an amazing series to do. I think, uh, especially yeah, on the kind of 10th anniversary of Satoshi Kon's death and really getting to dig into those films um, which do have a lot more dark themes than some of the Ghibli's that have been covered um, but are just really kind of masterful and getting to watch all of Paranoia Agent, the TV series and talk about that um, was great and yeah, I really hope that um, if you listened then you went away and watched some of those films and yeah kind of widened the the anime knowledge a little bit with us well we we should say that like that what we've just covered there is a big variety of different things and we we've kind of we've tried out a lot of different episodes and a different lot of different styles and topics this year because we have we effectively run the course with Ghibli we've watched all of the films we've talked about all of them um and we've experimented and we should say thank you to to our listeners to you for sticking with the show through all of that and and joining us as we uh investigate brave new worlds and uh yeah yeah thanks thanks for being with us and i suppose that's that's the kind of the soppy ending that you should give at the end of every boring christmas party speech before you get into the fun stuff uh (laughs) so i think should we move on and get away from these because we've got some We've got some lovely emails to talk about instead. Yes, we asked for emails in advance of this episode because everybody here, all listeners, are invited to this year's special Ghibliotech Christmas party, and you can bring a plus one with you. So we were asking who is going to be your plus one from the world of Studio Ghibli, and we'll have some listener uh, suggestions later on. But first, we have a couple from friends of the show. Uh, so our first friend of the show is Paul Williams, who we spoke to out in Tokyo. He's an animator out there. Uh, so Paul says, hi there. I couldn't resist writing this in. I'm sure there will be many more positive replies to the competition. And rightly so. But here goes. Setsuko from Grave of the Fireflies. Why? Throughout the film, there are moments where you really do feel for her. For me, she represents innocence lost in war. The two moments which stand out for me are the beach scene and when Sata realises Setsuko knew her mother was dead and that all hope is finally lost. Setsuko would be the plus one most deserving as she deserves some happiness and a Christmas party at last and maybe some real Sakuma drops. Well, Paul, (laughs) tugging at the heartstrings straight away. Paul's come in with his equivalent of Band-Aid right at the the top of the episode. (laughs) Setsuko, now it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've got another suggestion from Sam and Louise, who are behind the fantastic 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest podcast. And they've said, Hi, Pod Pals. For the big Ghibli Christmas party, we'd bring Fukuo, Osona's baker husband from Kiki's delivery service. He's a total hunk sure to impress your colleagues, and he's halfway to being dressed as Santa during his final shot in the film. Imagine him in his full Christmas best. Should the bash run out of volivant or mince pies, he'll be able to jump into the kitchen and restock the buffet. Merry Christmas from Sam and Louise. 
a, a great shout and uh he he's a member of our ongoing twitter thread about uh ghibli's best big boys uh and he he is no doubt a hunk <laughs> and finally we have one from helen mccarthy ghibli expert the the writer who wrote the book on Hayao Miyazaki back in the 90s and our guest from the one of the British Museum specials on My Neighbour Totoro last year. Helen says, What a lovely idea for a party. For my plus one, I'm bringing Howl. He's the ultimate trophy party partner, guaranteed to impress the socks off all the other guests, able to charm when he chooses, and just as happy to do little conjurations for the children peeping over the banisters in their PJs as to dance with every lady in the room. Plus, he brings his own combined guest room and transport home. <laughs> and if Howell did happen to get called away for work mid-party, I'm not worried. I have an all-night cat bus schedule in my phone, and the online bus stop creation app is so efficient. With it, you can create a forest bus stop anywhere on the planet that the cat bus can geotag to ensure it arrives within minutes from any location. See you there, Helen. What a lovely bunch of correspondence. We should say, Helen, of course, go and read her books. Sam and Louise produce the 90 Minutes or Less Film Fest podcast. They also have a very seasonal podcast that they produce all about the holiday, that Christmas classic. And Paul, among his many credits, was an animator on the Netflix Christmas film Klaus. So if you want to see some of their work, maybe seasonal or not, go ahead, we'd recommend it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, now it, now it is time because we're, we're a few minutes deep into the Christmas party, which means that people have splintered off from the speeches. Maybe they've been to the buffet. Maybe they're getting a bit more relaxed. They've had a bit of sake. Uh, so we should probably check in with uh, some of the gossip that's been floating around. Uh, we, we touched on it in the introduction, but I think some of the characters uh, that we've invited to this this classy soiree are getting a bit out of hand. No Face has, has really gone for it at the buffet table. Um, I know that we, we mentioned that he was he was maybe teetering over there at the start of the party, but he's actually enveloped. Uh, the entire table, everything on it, and all of the people that were waiting to fill up their plate. Uh, hopefully someone will come and sort him out later. Uh, I, I see that Taku and Yutaka are having a moment outside, sharing their feelings, uh, which are, of course, that they are simply friends and nothing more. And why would anyone think anything else? Uh, there also seem to be some very large men who are pumping their chests at each other in an extremely masculine way. Uh, so perhaps it's better if we go back inside. Maybe, maybe actually, to be safe, we should we should hide in the bathroom. Oh no, 
no, Goro Miyazaki's already hiding in the bathroom because he's heard that his dad is about to make a speech. Thank you for that update, Jake. One thing that, uh, well, many of us do like to do at the end of the year is to rank things. Maybe that's a, a little bit too strong for a Ghibli Tech Christmas party, but let's open up our hearts and open up our recommendations for films, books, TV series, music maybe, that we've enjoyed this year that we want to share with everyone listening. Jake, has there been anything that's really touched your heart this year that you'd want to share? Um, well, you guys are more of the experts in the um, the anime world, so I'll leave that to you. Um, but I have been challenging myself to read more this year, so I set up a Goodreads account and a Goodreads challenge. Um, and so there's been a couple of books that I wanted to pick out. One of them totally uh, really not related in any way uh, to everything that we normally talk about, but this is uh, Spielberg, Truffaut and Me by Bob Balaban, which is his diary of the making of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I picked this out because, Michael, we often talk about bringing these director's notes in from the books that we read as research for the podcast. And if people just want a really, really enjoyable, very, very funny fly on the wall diary behind the production of, at the time, the biggest film ever, it is great. And it's it's an insight into just how DIY, even an enormous production like Close Encounters can be, that how much they are just flying by the seat of their pants and the fact that no one can recognize who Bob Balaban actually is. It's just a great long running joke throughout the film. And it's a really nice story of friendship between him and Francois Truffaut. If there's, if there's ever going to be a mank for close encounters of the third kind, I would love to see it because it's, it's essentially just a bromance between Bob Balaban and one of the pioneers of the French new wave. And it's, it's lovely. Uh, and my my other recommendation in the book category would be one that you gave me, Michael, which is Oishinbo uh, by Tetsu Carrier. Now, this is a long running manga series and you gave me volume four uh, and it's a food themed manga. And it's all about uh, a guy teaching people about the correct ways to be making food uh, in Japan. And this volume was all about fish and sashimi. And so it's you've got this great almost Pokemon battle style framing of dialogue just about the correct ways to prepare a fish. (laughs) It was uh, a lot of fun. Steph, what are your recommendations for the year? Uh, So I watched a lot of anime this year. I think being stuck inside has definitely helped with that. Um, Even though I did do other things like read books and watch films, I think this was uh, the main thing I did really. Um, And I watched a few things that I really enjoyed. So obviously I finished JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, which I feel like I've nagged you guys with uh, multiple times on this podcast. Um, But I also watched some really good other stuff. I've been watching this show called Golden Kamui, which um, is, it was a kind of award-winning manga. Um, The first couple of series came out in 2018, uh, but the latest series came out quite recently at the back half of this year. It's set during the uh, Japan-Russo War in the kind of early 1900s. um, And it's kind of half about this guy who is on the hunt for kind of missing gold um, and has to find the kind of map to the missing gold uh, on tattoos of prisoners. Uh, So it's part of that kind of like weird swashbuckling type gold adventure. But then the other half is this really interesting exploration of um the Ainu people which were um are a kind of indigenous group in Japan kind of mainly in the northern Hokkaido region um and there's so much about kind of um that culture and the food that they eat and preserving the kind of memory of that group of indigenous people because um they were kind of forced to learn Japanese and there's so much about kind of remembering um their cultures and 
a lot of stuff about kind of preserving all these memories through like photographs and through taste and texture and all this stuff it's really really interesting um so yeah it's kind of part gold hunting and part cooking show which is (laughs) amazing um yeah that's my kind of big pick of the year I think um yeah as opposed to another show I've been watching on Netflix called Haikyuu, which is just about a bunch of boys playing volleyball, which I would also recommend. I'll, I'm going to throw in a few small recommendations here. I would recommend the TV series Primal, which is, if you're in the UK, has just popped up on the all four streaming platform. This is directed by Gendy Tartakovsky, who you might know from Samurai Jack, from Dexter's Laboratory, or maybe from the Hotel Transylvania film series. Um, but this is Gendy Tartakovsky, who is was one of the shining lights of the whole Cartoon Network into Adult Swim era of American animation. He is here basically doing a dialogue-free um action adventure dinosaur land before time type show where it's this big hulking man mountain and his burgeoning relationship friendship with a dinosaur and the various scrapes they get into it's basically Genny Tartakovsky and his team just mashing together action figures for 25 minutes at a time and if that sounds like your sort of fun go ahead it's incredibly violent is one thing i will say and doesn't pull its punches uh but it's very fun and so good to see that actually come over here i've read quite a bit about it when it showed in the states last year and finished this year um so it's good that it's come to the uk another film that came out in cinemas in the uk during lockdown um but might make its way to home end soon is a film called away by Gintz Zilbalodis, a Latvian filmmaker who created this entire feature-length adventure animation pretty much single-handedly. Again, dialogue-free, very um, impressive, just on the level of what he achieved himself, but he creates this sort of adventure anime where it's this lone character going across various landscapes that I think would actually work really well for fans of The Legend of Zelda and video games like Journey, where it's this lone figure in this in these huge expansive landscapes, really quite powerful. Um, but then also in the world of books, we had a really great year for books on Ghibli or related to Ghibli. Um, we, of course, have featured Steve Alpert's Sharing a House with the Neverending Man, which I'll never pass up an opportunity to recommend. We also got in the English language or in the, in the UK for the first time, the English language translation of Kiki's Delivery Service by Eiko Kodono. Um, we had a reprint of Andrew Osmond's BFI Classics book on Spirited Away. We also finally got copies of the 33 and a third book on the soundtrack to My Neighbor Totoro, which for the for the hardcore musos out there who want to see to really dig deep into the craft behind Joe Hisaishi and his scores, that's the book to go and pick up. We should also do a quick shout out to the fact that Joe Hisaishi's entire back catalogue is now streaming on Spotify. So if you want to dig into his scores for Ghibli or beyond that into his scores for Takeshi Kitano or some of his solo work like Curved Music from the 80s which feels like very much cut from the same cloth as the Castle in the Sky soundtrack go ahead and do that and one more book I will shout out is um, if you operate more on an academic publishing budget they're a bit more expensive than um, than normal books I'd recommend checking out Andriana Rizic's new academic book on Michael do Dr. Witt, a friend of the show, former guest, the the one non-Japanese person to direct a film with the Studio Ghibli logo at the front. And it's great because not only is it a career overview of Michael's work as an animator, independent animator, making the red turtle with Ghibli, it's also built out of extensive interviews and email conversations that Andriana quotes verbatim. So it's almost like a memoir co-written by Michael and if you've listened to our episode with him or seen him interviewed you know that he's quite a soulful interesting thoughtful dude and I'd recommend checking that out too 
What a lovely collection of things for people to get stuck into. If you uh, if you were lucky enough to get any book vouchers for Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> um, then you know what to be spending them on. Now, I think it's time that we get into a few more of our party guests. Now, these party guests weren't just uh, a random email topic. We are lucky enough to have some prizes to ship out to some of our favourites. So a huge thank you to both Studio Canal and Manga UK for supplying us with those. We've got uh, a few different Ghibli Blu-rays. We've got the Mega House Moving Castle box set. And of course, the new re-release of Akira as well. But we will kick things off with a wonderful, short and sweet, perfect email from Niall Glynn, who says... I would definitely bring the boiler geezer from Spirited Away. If I was sat next to him at dinner, he could grab me salt or more sprouts with incredible ease. Just a great guy all round. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I mean, this this is a man who's thought about the buffet at a Christmas party. And those long extending arms, you're never going to miss out because that's what always happens. There's always one thing that runs out because you haven't got there quick enough. But just dip that arm over bring it in pile your plate high winner our next email is from robert foe who says hello Ghibliotech team after some deliberation i've reached a conclusion on who to bring to the party i initially considered those ducks that bathe in the bathhouse and spirited away but i think this was mainly because i would want to cuddle them and i'm not sure they'd be comfortable with that i considered any of the tanuki from pompoko not gone to those he will be way too intense for christmas as they will be really good at charades. However, I think my ideal guest is Gina from Porco Rosso. I imagine we could have intelligent conversations, and she has an amazing voice. It would be nice to hear her regale us with some Christmas classics. Maybe that wham one. Merry Christmas from Robert Foe. That's a good one. I can imagine Gina starting the party. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of te- teeing us at the idea of um, maybe some karaoke might be good to bring to this party later on. I don't know about you guys, how you might feel about that. Let's get a few more baby shams in and who knows what's <laughs> going to happen. And one more email here from Jonathan Turner. I would bring Turnip Head as my plus one for the party, as not only would his sharp attire bring an element of class to the proceedings, but his outstretched T-pose provides a perfect visual reference to ensure we all keep to social distancing guidelines. Furthermore, I think he would provide entertainment during a game of charades. I hear he does an excellent Titanic impression. The only compromise required would be everyone promising not to bring any mashed Swede if dinner is involved. (laughs) Some very classy guests coming through now. Turnip Head, he's literal royalty. And then we have Gina as well. They're classing up the joint, aren't they? They certainly are. Okay, so at the start of this episode, we looked back on everything we've done this year. Uh, So now it's time to look forward. Uh, We've always been asking our listeners, what what should we do next? What should we cover? Uh, Michael, what what is on the slate for the Ghibli attack? We've been asking listeners all along, who should we cover after Ghibli? We're going to get to the bottom of the Ghibli barrel someday. There'll be no films for us to cover. Luckily, Shio Ghibli have stepped into the arena with a new film for us to cover, (laughs) right? Uh, It may not look like Ghibli's films to date, but the 3D CG animated Earwig and the Witch is premiering on Japanese telly at the end of December and now has both American and UK release uh, plans in place. So I'm sure we'll get to that eventually and if you want to get prepped there is of course the book the Dino Wynne Jones book that it's based on that we, you can go and read in advance to see whether the adaptation does it justice <laughs> uh yeah it uh it doesn't look like Ghibli it doesn't doesn't smell like Ghibli <laughs> it doesn't taste like Ghibli uh but but apparently it is I uh yeah um I'm intrigued. I think that's all we can say at this point. Um, But beyond that, we have got something in mind for our our next mini season. So we we had a lot of fun doing the chronology during the summer and stepping outside the world of Ghibli and finding a a collection of films that uh, 
weren't too ginormous that we wouldn't be quite sure how to handle them and so we've been looking for people that could kind of nicely slot into that same category that we approach the chronology with and so we decided that in the new year we're going to be doing a series on a studio that we've already mentioned a few times on this show and uh, actually we've had some of their directors on this show already Uh, we're very excited to be delving into the world of cartoon saloon could we call it the Cartoon Saloon universe? I wanted to call it the Cartoon Saloon Saloon. <laughs> <laughs> so we, clearly, we need the pun before we do the miniseries. But yes, we did have Tom Moore and Ross Stewart on to talk about Wolf Walkers. And as part of that, we went back and watched their other films or rewatched them. We are fans of their work. I know that, Jake, you said that you'd watched some of these films before you even knew about Studio Ghibli. Yeah, so um, Song of the Sea, I had seen before I'd seen any Ghibli, and I was lucky enough to see it in the cinema as well, and was totally bowled over, and it was one of my absolute favourites from that year. And as um, as a person with with Irish blood, it's uh, it was nice to kind of hear or see some of the the stories and folk tales that I'd only had kind of whispers of from my more English upbringing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited about this one. Um, the the films I've I've seen, I've loved. I'm only missing one from the filmography, which is The Secret of Kells. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm very hyped to get into that and to tell a very different story to Ghibli because Ghibli has so much. It's got so much weight. It's got so much legacy and history going back decades. Um, and Cartoon Saloon is still pretty new, and it is a slimmer catalog. Um, but hopefully that means for for us and for our listeners that also means it's very manageable mm-hmm. uh, all the films are 90 minutes or or less and so if you want to join us along this journey hopefully that's that's pretty easy for you to do so there and they are generally all available the secrets of kells song of the sea the breadwinner and now wolf walkers they also have a few tv series i've enjoyed a, the odd episode of puffin rock on 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 netflix they're one of their kids shows and assorted sort of books and graphic novel tie-ins so it'll be sort of chronology sized this very tidy filmography of relatively short films that sees a studio really coming into prominence but as we heard in our chat with tom and ross it feels that the the character of the studio and how they work together is a bit different. So I think it will have a different vibe. Some of our context chats may be a little different. But of course, that's just the start of the year. Who knows where 2020 will go? So people have been flooding us with suggestions. I know one of our listeners and friends friends of the show, Natalie, who you heard on one of our chronology episodes, was really lobbying for us to do Kyoto Animation, who I know that, Steph, I know you're a fan of their work. Um, but the problem with a studio of that stature is that they make several series of 30 odd to 60 episodes <laughs> as well as their feature films yeah. yeah this means we have to watch all of nishiju so i vote for that <laughs> that sounds great <laughs> so listeners please do keep suggesting what are the filmmakers and studios we may cover in the future but i think our next one will be the cartoon saloon saloon or the cartoon saloonverse or saloonversity we'll figure out the title <laughs> All right, now, now it is time to um, close the, the velvet rope at the front door because we're going to introduce our final plus ones. Michael, who are we letting in? So first of all, we have Mattia Vernoni and their plus one. I'd like to invite Toki and the other old ladies from the local senior centre for a socially distanced and safe Christmas party. Elders in care homes throughout the world have suffered a lot during this year and they deserve some company, fun and good food. That's bending the rules a little bit to bring uh, a whole coterie of plus ones. But I think actually maybe these old ladies have already got their vaccine. So maybe they'll be okay. Packing them in. We also have Chloe Slater, who says, Dear Steph, Michael and Jake, I'm honoured that you invited me to the Ghibliotech Christmas party. Thanks for the invitation. I've thought long and hard about this one, and I've decided that my plus one is going to have to be Whisper of the Heart, Seiji Amasawa. My reasoning here is that I think Seiji would provide some great party entertainment with his violin. I'm sure he must know some Christmas carols as well as country roads. 
Also, he would be my designated driver as he could give me a lift home from the party on the back of his bike. Mm. Hopefully there aren't too many steep hills. And a very merry Ghibli Christmas to you all. We haven't decided where where the Christmas party physically is. So I think we can make sure it's on a flat surface so everyone can cycle home easily with no well, hills. I, so I used to work in a, a car insurance company and uh, we had notorious Christmas parties that were always held in the same venue uh on the on the seafront in the, on the south coast and so whenever a christmas party comes to mind it's always that and so when i was making the joke about the chaps from ocean waves you know, i could very much imagine them standing on the pier that was actually next to the venue where we had the christmas party so in my head that's where all of this is happening people spilling out onto the beach uh getting in the sea for a midnight dip uh totoro's going skinny dipping <laughs> <laughs> okay um so now it is time to uh read our, our last plus one and i would say that the winner of our competition and going home with the mega house moving castle box set and this is from chris watson who somehow managed to in advance see our notes for the concept of this whole episode and has written a quite remarkable email and chris says hello team tech it's a pleasure to write to you i've been listening since day one and enjoyed every minute of your amazing podcast i can honestly say this first person that sprung to mind when i saw the tweet regarding the christmas party takashi yamada chapter one working hard or hardly working see because chris has actually styled his entire email like my neighbors the yamadas the film In true office party fashion, it's time to sneak away early and partake in some pre-party shenanigans. Mr. Yamada would be reluctant reluctant at first, with his wife's voice rattling in his head, warning him of the next day's chores. The first sip of festive cheer is enough to change his mind. Chapter 2. The Man, the Myth Arriving through the doors of the party, a cheer erupts within the population due to the arrival of the rarely seen Mr. Yamada. Faint whispers circulate the room with tales of Mr. Yamada's somewhat legendary party status. I heard he fired himself out of a pirate ship cannon. I heard he once towed a giant snail by a bicycle, they gossip. Chapter 3. He who sings frightens away all his ills. They were not wrong. Mr. Yamada has the party goers in the palm of his hand. Other esteemed guests have been overshadowed. Calcifer, extinguished. Soot gremlins, hoovered. Porco, sulking. Mr. Yamada is the king of the karaoke, the sultan of swing, darting between each guest, breaking up tension with his natural charm and dad jokes. Chapter four, family ties around your head. Neckties firmly tied around heads, we all stumble into the street. Human ten-pin bowling, someone exclaims as they zip past on a broom. Steph, Michael and Jake take up their place among the other guests as the Baron blasts a ball through the human pins. Two wobble but don't fall. The dreaded split, Michael and Jake. Up steps Mr. Yamada. He rolls a miniature Totoro into a ball and whips towards the pins, knocking Michael into Jake. Mr. Yamada is lofted in the air as the hero. Yatta! As the celebrations start to die down, Mr. Yamada feels the force of the full Yamada family's combined disapproving stare. As the rest of the party continue the good times, Mr. Yamada, with his head bowed, shuffles slowly to the car already fearing the post-party chores that await him. Chris Watson. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Utterly amazing. (sighs) Um, Just just one of the best emails we've ever received. Uh, Just so so high concept in nature, perfect in its execution. Uh, Takata would be proud. And just the right sort of Ghibli deep cut to pull out there. Thank you, Chris, and thank you to everybody that sent in emails. If you're a winner, we'll get in touch shortly. How could we possibly top that? <laughs> well, we, we've already mentioned something that's been that has been missing from this Christmas party, and it's the natural evolution of when things maybe get a bit too late uh, and people have had a bit too much. It's it's time to introduce some karaoke, I think. And hark, the Harold. McShiel sings. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a bit of a tradition on our Christmas episode to draft in our normally silent producer, Harold, to uh, give us an, uh, an injection of vocal power that carries us through the next year. And uh, th- this is this is one for the ages. This is Harold's Ghibli version of a Christmas classic. Hmm, if you've got to go away Don't think I could take the pain Won't you make more anime? Oh, don't leave us alone like this With Earwig and the witch Won't you make more anime? Don't say you're retiring again now Just to go and try to throw it all away Couldn't deal without them Thought you directing was gonna be here to stay Jake's only just begun to know you All we can say is won't you make just one more anime Oh, you've got one more film to give They say it's called How Do You Live We'll live okay Now you're making one more anime. And that was Harold bringing some extra Ghibli Christmas cheer, backed by friend of the show and music maestro, Dan Yocono. Thank you, Harold. Thank you, Dan. Bringing this very special Ghibli Attack Christmas party to a close. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, Jake and Steph, for another wonderful year of Ghibli Attack and another wonderful Christmas special. We'll be back very soon with new episodes in the new year. But for now, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on social media at Ghibli Attack on Twitter. You can also email us at Ghibli at little.studios.com. And if you want to keep up with all of us individually on Twitter, you can do that as well. Steph is over there at underscore Steph Watts. Michael is at Michael J. Leader. And Jake is at Jake H. Cunningham. But, oh, what, what's this? Har- Harold hasn't had enough. He's going back. He's going back for another round of Ghibli Karaoke. Bah humbug, now that's too strong Cause it is my favourite holiday I'm in the cab bus and I'm going To see Satsuki and May Bringing magic seeds to plant Just cause it's tis the season The perfect gift for me Would be a gigantic umbrella Left from last year Bus stop encounter Most interesting Play my ocarina all the time Most adventures along those lines Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to Satsuki and made this year. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to Satsuki and made this year. Bibliotech is a Little Dot Studios production. Our music is made by Anthony Ng, our artwork is by Sophie Moe, and Jamie Maisner is our audio wizard. The show is produced by Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Steph Watts, and Harold McShiel. <laughs>